1: everybody, and welcome back to Your Critically Acclaimed. My name is William Bibbiani. I'm a critic, and everybody calls me Bibbs. And William, you
0: are, too, critically acclaimed. And so are you, friend. Oh, thank you. I'm Whitney Seibold. I, too, am a critic.
1: And uh, we are the co-hosts of the Critically Acclaimed Network. Yeah, and we do a lot of podcasts here at the Critically Acclaimed Podcast, and we thought, well, we should do some more. And, (laughs) (laughs) however, the podcast that we're doing here, the Your Critically Acclaimed Podcast, podcast is yours it's specially sponsored by you the listener yeah our patrons uh at our upper tiers at the patreon patreon.com slash critically acclaimed network get to sponsor an episode of critically acclaimed of their choice you pick the topic and yeah we might talk it out with you a little but pretty much the sky's the limit and it's all yours and we will make that podcast for you and maybe you'll keep it for yourself maybe we'll release it only to the patrons or maybe as we are This time, releasing it to everybody, because, well, everybody could use a little music in their lives, Mm. couldn't they? This episode of Your Critically Acclaimed is sponsored by our listener, Brett Dupree. Hello, Brett Dupree. Brett Dupree, thank you very, very much uh, for helping keep the show running. And Brett asked us to do a series, a TV show, that, quote, had no right to last
0: two seasons... Well, on, on our uh, podcast, Cancel Too Soon, we have a pretty hard and fast rule. The show has to have lasted only one season or less. Uh, if it got a movie, if it got another spinoff, if it was revived, it's out. Yep. Uh, this, of course, has upset us and uh, uh, some of our listeners as well, because there are some equally obscure TV series... Mm-hmm that managed to hang on for a second season.
1: Yeah, or manage to have a bonus episode mm-hmm. or something that breaks our rules and then we, we can't really get to it. And we are constantly threatening to do a theme month called Kinda... In which we get to those because they fit the spirit of the show, if not necessarily the letter of the show. Mm. And the show that we're going to be talking about on this episode of Your Critically Claimed is very, very much one of those. We were keeping our eye on it because it looks like it was going to be a show that was canceled after only one season. We were looking forward to reviewing it. And then, surprise it was it, renewed it was renewed and even the show is surprised that it was renewed there are musical numbers about how surprised they are that they got a second season because this is a musical television series every week there's at least a couple new musical numbers by alan menken the great alan menken everybody do you know alan menken Alan Menken? Alan Menken? Everybody knows Alan Menken. Who Uh, is Alan Menken? Alan
0: Menken is a very celebrated and long-running composer and songwriter. He did the songs for a lot of your favorite Disney films.
1: Yep. Uh, uh, Along with other uh, uh, people as well. And with Galavant, uh, he's working alongside uh, composer Glenn Slater. Mm -hmm. Uh, Alan Menken was responsible or co-responsible for your favorite songs from films like The Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, aladdin Mm -hmm. uh the little shop of horrors from 1986 enchanted tangled home on the range for some reason i interviewed alan menken once he was a very very excellent interview he really you know obviously he he knows his stuff but there's a story behind all of his songs even the ones that people don't talk about and you can tell that there's no like Rush job song for Alan Menken He always puts Mm. his A effort Into Mm. everything he does and with something like Gallivant, By the way we're doing Gallivant. Here's a preview Who
0: are you? Because the man before me is certainly not the man Of legend. The man they sing Songs of. Oh I most Certainly am
1: Everybody sing By all the stars above
0: Save my one true love Hey, look! Oh, wow, it's hands-on! It is about to
1: get very messy in here. Oh, my teeth. Thank you very much. Anyway, as I was saying, with something like Galavant, where there's new songs every single week, you might imagine that he'd pull a Randy Newman in Cop Rock, where Cop Rock was a musical television series that was also a hard-boiled cop show. Mm-hmm. Terrible idea for a series. Fun regardless. Randy Newman did the musical numbers for the first episode, and then he fucked right off and he left the show to other songwriters who, yeah, occasionally they whipped out a good one, but most of the other music was but really forgettable. The baby merchant song still sticks in my head. There's a song in <sighs> Cop Rock about selling, selling black babies. Black
0: market infants. <laughs> and it's like sung
1: in the middle of a park mm. over in like Silver Lake. It's, and it's, it's MacArthur Park. It's MacArthur yeah. Park. I couldn't you're, remember if it was. This song. Um, Yeah, some of the other songs are fun, but Randy Newman left. Alan Menken stuck around, and as a result, the songs throughout Gallivant are consistently wonderful. Yeah, they're
0: all really spot on, and they uh, managed to hire a cast that was great all the way through. There was not a weak link in that bunch. These Uh, were all people who knew how to sing. Uh, I'm not sure if some of them were dubbed, but they were all
1: really were able to act through these really fun songs. I'm gonna I'm gonna make one exception to that because okay. the cast is uniformly great. Everyone's really funny in this. Mm-hmm. Uh they cast Vinny Jones from Lockstock and Two Smoke and Barrels mm-hmm. and Gone in Sixty Seconds as not, this not like, a tough musical guy. N- guy yeah, yeah, as this tough guy night, and you can tell that singing is in his wheelhouse. He only gets one song, and it's very, very clear they wrote it because He's not especially mm. musically inclined. He doesn't have an operatic voice or anything. He's a, he, he started his career as a footballer. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's an athlete. And he's a really fun actor. And he's really, really good in this show. But you could tell that they're just like, oh, Vinnie isn't really the best singer in the group. We have to write a song that plays to his strengths. And they wrote a comedy song for him, which is great. <laughs> yeah. It's really good. Vinnie Jones is amazing in it. Um, so it's a musical. It is also a fantasy epic Along the lines of something like Lord of the Rings or Game of Thrones where there's a bunch of kingdoms and knights errant and magical creatures and, you know, spells and curses and... I think they threaten a the dragon, but they we don't hardly ever actually see that. They there's, bring it up. There's a dragon. <laughs> sort of. In the,
0: in the second season, one of the characters uh, says, I, I know you were going to buy this thing with all of the money, but I got all of our money and I got something better. A dragon. And he holds out a, a small lizard that's in his hand. Yeah, it's clearly like
1: like an iguana and, and, and he
0: names it like tad williams or something like he gives it a really kind of commonplace
1: name <laughs> and the whole thing is he keeps talking about how this dragon is going to be great and they're like it's a lizard, you idiot yeah, that's,
0: that's king richard played by a timothy Om- Omensen, and golly is
1: he great okay so the whole cast is good the 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 timothy Amundsen hmm. is a disc- Discovery. Like, everyone's good and you want to see them on other stuff. Timothy Amundsen is an actor. He's an older actor. He's not like this young ingenue who's been around Mm. for like five years and is finally getting like a good role.
0: He's he's been working for a while, but He's, he's 50. Yeah,
1: he has been like, he worked on shows like Judging Amy and Xena Warrior Princess and Psych. And I'm sure fans of those shows would recognize him, but he's... Unbelievably hilarious mm. in Galavan, like he is one sure. of my favorite TV characters in a while. <laughs> in Galavan,
0: uh, well, and what he's really tapping into, and I think what this whole show is tapping into, is Mel Brooks. There is yeah. Ro- Robin Hood Men in Tights, or more specifically the Robin Hood, uh, Mel Brooks Robin Hood sitcom that nobody remembers, When Things Were Rotten from 1975. Yeah. Did you ever see When Things Were Rotten? No,
1: although I think that one only lasted one season. It we, did. We need to we, get to we, that. We, yeah. we need
0: to get to it. Uh, we already did cover a, a, a very similar, at least ostensibly, a 1983 sitcom about uh, Wizards and Warriors called Wizards and Warriors, it was that set, set in a fantasy universe, but it was a sitcom and everything was really broad. And there were a lot of anachronisms. Uh, this one is way more Mel Brooks though, and that it breaks the fourth wall. Uh, there's all kinds of really dumb, but nonetheless kind of funny anachronistic jokes. There's a character who offers you mood salves and his name happens to be Xanax. There was a character in uh, the second, that Xanax is played by Ricky Gervais. Uh, there's a character in the second season and I, I had to slap myself because I didn't see the joke coming, and I should have. What did you do? It's like, oh, no, somebody's injured. We have to take him to the faraway land of Sporin. Okay, we'll have to go to Sporin. That sounds really kind of mystical. And this, the doctor steps out of his, like, a mystical cave, and he's got all these alchemy around him. And he says, hello, I am Neo of Sporin. Hello, Neo Sporin. Can you help my wound? And, yeah, I, I literally slapped myself in the face. Oh, God. You set that up, and I should have seen it coming.
1: This show is uh, created by Dan Fogelman. Mm. Dan Fogelman is a a very prolific uh, writer and producer uh, who has worked on such films as Cars, Tangled, Mm. Crazy Stupid Love, The Guilt Trip, (laughs) uh, Me and Earl and the Dying Girl. Uh, He he also did a bunch of TV shows, some of which we've covered before, like pitch which is a really fantastic baseball drama
0: uh he also did this is us which is a huge hit uh my wife watches this is us from what i understand pitch cribbed a lot of its big plot points from this is us uh the pilot Mm. uh, the the pilot of both of those shows uh both have the big twist that it turns out the dad is
1: dead or or maybe this Mm. is us stole from pitch
0: Well, This Is Us Us came first, so... I don't know. Maybe you wrote it
1: first. Maybe so. Maybe All things are possible in the world of Dan Fogelman.
0: But this is so... I mean, those are like broad melodramas Pitch in This Is Us. Uh, Galavant is uh, an even broader comedy. It's a musical comedy program. Yeah. Uh, And yeah, it's a slapstick musical comedy program with a lot of really great songs. Uh, The stories are... Pretty typical, but I think when you're dealing with something this broad, they have to be. Well, it's also short.
1: This we we hmm. say this is like kind of playing off of a lot of familiar themes from shows like Game of Thrones, uh, nations at war in the Middle Ages, hmm. uh, you know, um, sinister royals who are backstabbing each other and sleeping around, and um, yeah, this only this is a sitcom. This is like twenty minutes long. So you don't have a lot of real estate. Yeah. Also, you're trying to cram in at least two songs per episode. Right. You have to hit bullet points. You mm-hmm. have to be very, very efficient in order for this series to work. But I think they find the right rhythm very, very quickly. I think one of the things that really helps is that Gallivant starts with a really catchy Gallivant theme mm. that we're going to stick with overall. This is going to be the song that we often sing at the beginning of an episode in order to recap it. This is the song, the ballad of Galavant. And it goes something like this. This is ba, the song ba, 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 I sing yeah. to talk about this thing. Mm. This thing's a TV show called Galavant. Mm. Hey, how about that cast, including <laughs> Joshua Sass? <laughs> he plays kind of an ass on Galavant.
0: Hey. Well done. <laughs> Joshua Sass plays Gallivant, yeah. and Galavant is a knight errant. He is a hero, uh, a very stereotypical hero, and he knows it. And yeah. he knows that he has to do things like slay, well, dragons don't exist in this universe yet, but uh, fight his way through armies and do good deeds in order to impress his lady love and marry a princess. Mm-hmm. He understands that this is his role.
1: Yep, and he loves it, and he's, mm-hmm. at the beginning of the show, he's really good at it, he's celebrated throughout the world, he is considered the greatest knight um, in, in all the land, and he has already found, at the beginning of the series, love, mm-hmm. a woman, uh, with a woman named Madalena, played by Mallory Jansen. Also great, I mean, they're all great. Yeah, um, she's, uh, you might know her from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but uh, at the beginning, she's in love with him, but she has been kidnapped by an evil king an evil king named King Richard, played by uh, Timothy Amundsen. And... She's like, he's like got her in the tower and it's like a Monty Python bit where it's like, oh, I'll never marry you. And he's like, yes, but I'm really rich and powerful. And wouldn't you like that? And she goes, no. And Galavant's racing towards her and he's singing a big song and he gets to the altar and he stops the wedding. And she goes, actually, I thought it over. I'm going to marry this guy. He's rich and powerful. <laughs> I want I want stuff. I don't I, want you. And yeah. like, you can hear like, I don't remember if it's actually in there, but you might as well hear like the scratch of a vinyl record. as Galavant's <laughs> like, uh what yeah we're not doing that whole thing where we live happily ever after i'm i'm actually gonna be evil now Mm. and gallivant's like ah and then vinnie jones kicks the shit out of him in front of everybody and they throw him out of the castle and she becomes the evil queen like seriously in game of thrones
0: but uh gallivant is so shaken by this he can't accept reality he thinks that she's been sort of Cursed or influenced in some undue way, so he's made it his goal now to go back to the castle and liberate her.
1: Yeah. So yeah, he has to rescue his lady love and marry her, as as these stories ought to go. And uh, the castle in which they live is actually not King Richard's original castle. He conquered a kingdom Hmm. for Madalena, and uh, it's uh, the kingdom of Valencia. Uh, I don't know if maybe the people making gallivant love oranges. Maybe they're oh, in v- Orange v- County, it's Valencia, California. Uh, but uh, in any case, uh, they, uh, in order to finally defeat Galivant once and for all, because uh, King Richard is, um, well, he's an immature, uh, foppish, insecure, know nothing, idiot. Mm. But in a fun way. But charming. But yeah. charming, except for all the people he kills which the show kind of forgets about later as they decide to make him more likable. (laughs) But but he's basically just, he's, she's walking all over him in this relationship and he's, even though they're married, they've never slept together because he's never sealed the deal. And he's actually a virgin. We find out later. And so he sends the princess of Valencia, uh, princess Isabella or Izzy Mm. uh, played by Karen David, who is like everyone in this cast, really, 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 really great. Um, you may remember her from Scorpion King 2, Rise of a Warrior. You know what? Or not. I do, because I saw that That's true. <laughs> She also played Princess Jasmine on the uh, TV series Once Upon a Time. Right. Um, okay. But, I mean, he sends her off to, to, to right. get well, Gallivant and bring him back to the kingdom. She tells Gallivant that she needs him in order to liberate the kingdom, but it's actually all a trap bringing him to King Richard, so King Richard can kill him. Okay. That's the plot of the yeah. first season. Yeah, yeah. And so every episode is another step on their adventure as they go from place to place, trying to find an army, make money, go jousting, whatever, as they get closer and closer Hmm. to the season finale. Uh, And with them is uh, a few
0: other colorful characters who sort of float around the periphery. Uh, On the road with them is uh, Sid, who's played by Luke Youngblood, who I recognize from the first Harry Potter movie. Oh, he was Lee Jordan, wasn't he? He, he was, yeah. yeah. Well, I don't know the, the character's name in Harry Potter. I don't think they said it. It's more but... important
1: in the books. If you know yeah. the books, okay. you know the character.
0: He's just yeah. an announcer at the Quidditch matches, but yeah, he's.
1: I didn't actually recognize. That's him he's but so it's young ten that.
0: points for Gryffindor. Yeah, that was that was him.
1: That's funny. Uh, okay. And right, so he's uh, he's a uh, Galavant's Car- page.
0: Karen David Luke Youngblood, better casting for La La Land. Discuss. Uh there's no question. Yeah, <laughs> I uh, David- when yes. when La La Land came out. <laughs> Now I want to compare Gallivant to La La Land uh, because I think it's, this is significant and it illustrates something that Gallivant inherently understands that La La Land does not. Mm. If you're going to cast people to sing and dance in your movie, cast people who can sing and dance.
1: Yes, I don't Ry- know why this is so hard.
0: Ryan Gosling, very good actor, not a singer dancer guy.
1: Uh, he actually um, had, just for the record, well, uh, he actually has a band. Um, but he's not the kind of he does not the kind of singer that La La Land asked him. to No, but for the record, uh, his band. Hold on, I want to make sure I get it right. I think it's called <laughs> Dead Man's Bones. Of course, it's called Dead Man's Bones. Uh, yes, yeah, Dead Man's Bones. That right. is a really good. But a one album, that is a rock solid album. I'm just going to okay. say it. Listen to it on Spotify, wherever. Mm. Really good album. I can
0: I can song. see him as a moody singer songwriter type yeah, with an good. acoustic guitar, but Ooh, not that's not, that's not as not as like a Broadway style. A uh, show-stopping number type of singer-dancer, which is what I think La La Land really kind of warranted, and which Gallivant is chock full of. Gallivant understands that you need triple threat kind of people who have a lot of uh, on-screen chemistry, who have a lot of life, who have a just a lot of raw ability when it comes to performing, and. I said this at the time. I said when La La Land came out that you could have replaced the two leads in that movie with any two hardworking waiters from a New York deli who are waiting for their big
1: break on the Broadway stage and get better performances. No, I think this is something I remember a lot of people defending La La Land when it came out. It's like, no, you don't understand. They're not professional singers. So it's okay that they're not singing professionally and I'm like no in a musical the singing represents inner worlds so they are good singers in their heads because most people are when they're expressing themselves well, poetically also, in some way.
0: Also, La La Land is very specifically about musical authenticity. That's the, the theme
1: of the movie. Yeah. As I've said this before, yeah. La La Land would hate La La Land.
0: Yeah, the, La La Land would go to see La La Land and saying, this is not genuine, because you're not casting genuine musical people.
1: Yeah, and I don't want to be one of those people who says that if you really <laughs> love musicals, you're like this and not this, because mm. love La La Land all you want, but... La uh, uh, seems to have been made specifically for musical theater enthusiasts, whereas La La Land seems to have been made for anybody, even if they don't like musical theater. Well, for, or
0: for people who are kind of scared of musical theater.
1: Yeah, or people who don't necessarily mm. have so much experience with musical theater yeah, yeah. that someone like Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone wouldn't no. impress them. If
0: if you are a musical theater kid, however, mm. and I know you're out there because I'm one of them. I'm one of you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you will th- This is a show for you Oh it's so good G- Galavant, uh Even more so than Glee Is for musical oh, theater kids
1: way more yeah. so The Glee was not for, About musical theater Glee was about Pop music hmm. And I think at its best, Glee did a pretty good job of finding like the meaning in pop music when a lot of people weren't really paying attention to what a lot of famous pop songs mm. were about, like emotionally yeah, or the, even in their plot. But It was made, during, made at a time when the music industry was kind of dying out. Yeah, and Glee did an enormous service initially in sort of bringing people back and listening to pop music and really listening mm. to it, I think, better than before, even though the Glee covers were outselling some of the originals. But... Yeah, Gallivant is an original musical made by people who know musicals, who love musicals, starring people who have musical theater training for the most part, and it is absolutely wondrous. And Luca, get out of the sink. <laughs> it's
0: it's just delightful, and it really, um, because it's only 30 minutes long and because we have these wonderful songs by Alan Menken, you mentioned that Alan Menken doesn't sleep through anything, and he always tends to make really catchy bright songs uh, if if you fun rhyme schemes too yeah like, like if, it's not if just you'd... the
1: same old like you know oh uh, mm. uh you'll you, you you'll hardly see every time i hear a song where someone rhymes a lyric with you and i mm. or you and me mm. i die a little inside because it's the most overused lyric in any song ever <laughs> and Alan Megan won't do that. He'll, like, mm. lean into the lyric you think he's going to go for, and then he'll go do something else. Luca, get out of that.
0: Oh, my God, this cat.
1: He's such a... what? Why, Luca? <laughs> why? You're so cute. Okay, Luca wants in on the podcast, and I honestly don't blame him. Alas, it's not a very cat-centric series. Um. So, okay, so, yeah, every episode of Galavant features uh, new songs, new whimsies, new intrigue. Mm. And uh, yeah, let's talk about that a little bit. So uh, the pilot episode pretty much just establishes the entire plot, um, which is already like a little subversive. Uh, And it's it's a bit of a twist
0: and you can see how like how it's a good pilot. Like it was never picked up. This would be an okay pilot.
1: Yeah, just by itself, mm. on its own. Uh, let's see. Uh, the, uh, hold on, I'm in, the, I'm in the wrong season here. Uh, okay, so but the, uh, the next... We th- mentioned the
0: story, he has to uh, gather the troops and go rescue his lady love while uh, slowly coming to terms with the fact that maybe she's not right for him. And also that he is slowly falling in love with Isabella which is pretty obvious from the start.
1: yeah he doesn't they don't come to terms with that until the end of the first season and then mm. plot machinations get in the way um, the second episode is called joust friends get it uh, in which this is nothing but bad puns by the way oh and yeah. thank you makers of gallivant for being nothing mm. but bad puns uh, they uh, they go to a joust it turns out they need money in order to make this big journey and they don't have any but fortunately they have gallivant who is the greatest knight in the land. Or he was until he kind of fucked off for a year and got drunk and didn't do anything and turned down every quest that came his way until Izzy comes along and says, oh yeah, no, we need you to come in and save our kingdom because the woman you loved still loves you. And he's like, oh. Well, I guess I better go then. All right then, I'll get my confidence back. But the jousting episode is basically there so that... Uh, we can show that Gallivant has lost his touch, but he needs to get it back again. And there's mm. a training montage and everything, and it's very, very funny. Mm. Uh, the second, the third episode is called Two Balls." Mm. There are two balls that are held within the f- that, that uh, episode.
0: Is, that is parties.
1: Yeah, uh, the king, King Richard, is trying to hold a ball uh, to sort of uh, impress and romance well, uh, his queen, who I- still isn't sleeping with him, and is in fact sleeping with the jester.
0: I appreciate that uh, Richard is like he's a bad guy; he murders people. But yeah. death is treated so death and suffering are treated so lightly in this series that mm-hmm. it's okay to make a joke of it. Yeah. So he murders people, but he's also kind of an okay guy. Yeah. And uh, the, he's trying large to be
1: your friend. He's just really bad yeah. at it, and he'll probably kill you in the process. In fact, he, he's so so pleasant
0: and friendly. It's kind of funny to even think of him as a villain, uh, and that his goal is to. Uh, like romance, his wife, yeah, is actually kind of sweet. <laughs> <coughs> I mean, he
1: kidnapped her first.
0: I, I know, I know, but this is you there's know, a downside A, a, a to broad this. slapstick comedy, so yeah, that that he's he's trying to seduce her in. in his own awkward way uh, the and, o- and has good intentions in, at heart.
1: Uh, the other thing that's happening in this episode is that they go to Sid's hometown, where in classic Lady for a Day fashion, it turns out Sid has been writing his parents telling him he's a true hero and Galavant is his page. Hmm. So and, they and have. So Galavant the has page. to pretend to not be the knight, and he actually learns that being a page sucks and they all hate knights and he's been kind of a dick this entire time. And it's good because he's been acting like a total ass for a while and if he had kept that up for too long, too consistently, we might turn on him and we have to want to follow him on his journey. Yeah. So this is good placement here. Ordinarily I'd say like third episode ends, kind of a kind of quick to do like a sidekick, you know, episode, really focusing on the sidekicks Journey, well, it's, but it's a great gallivant episode, it's, too. It's
0: a great gallivant episode, and we're stressing very early on that this is an ensemble. This is a stage production. Uh, and, you know, so everybody gets their part.
1: Mm-hmm. It's okay to focus on the, the page at well, this point. Especially considering that it's an episodic show and there's time for everyone to get yeah. their part. Uh, the next episode is called Comedy Gold. And uh, like most episodes in the first season, there actually all episodes. There's the bad guy plot and the good guy plot. and the ba- Oh, my God. <laughs> Luca is just putting his paw on Whitney's nose as he cuddles him, and it's the I'm, cutest I'm damn thing. I'm trying to
0: hold Luca at this point. Oh my god,
1: I'm gonna have to, I have to see if I can get a picture. <laughs> gotta take uh, a picture
0: while we're recording. I'm gonna try. You, you gotta Hang cut on. this out of the podcast. No, I'm not gonna cut this
1: out of the podcast. This is the best part of the podcast. <laughs>
0: Yeah, Luca is a sweet cat, but he is interrupting okay. our show. I am totally this posting way. this on
1: our Twitter. If the day we put this podcast out, check mm-hmm. our Twitter at Critic Acclaim because I'm totally posting this picture. <laughs> it's the cutest damn thing ever. Um, anyway, uh, the the bad guy plot in this episode of Comedy Gold mm-hmm. is. Uh, King Richard finds out that the queen has been sleeping with the jester and rather than kill the jester, which does occur to him, he decides, oh, she likes guys that are funny. So So I'll try to be funny.
0: He goes to the jester and says, what do I do? Yeah. How did you get her? And and of course she's sleeping with the jester kind of out of spite. Yeah. The the jester actually hasn't done anything. to to seduce the
1: queen no she's sleeping with him because he's young and handsome and she can and so the jester is trying to there's a song where the jester tries to teach king richard how to tell comedy and he's trying to teach the king about things like you know comedy slapstick and the king just keeps killing people uh the hero plot in this one is gallivant and his crew uh, run into pirates However, this is not Game of Thrones. We cannot afford to do an ocean episode. So the pirates are, are landlocked. Mm-hmm. Their ship got caught in a storm, and now they're in the middle of a field. Mm. Luca, get out of the sink. you <laughs> <laughs> put Luca down, and he immediately went to the sink. Oh, my God. Luca, this is the most Luca-centric episode of anything we've ever done, you little monster. <sighs> you little monster. <laughs> okay.
0: Lu- Luca, by the way, uh, weighs 450 pounds. Sure. He is uh, uh,
1: in, in his mind. Yeah. Okay, I got Luca. Let's just make it work. All right, uh, the next episode. I, I
0: I did enjoy the Pirates episode. I pirates thought it was very funny. funny. Uh, yeah, everything's really just... Wonderfully absurd. I don't think we need to go through episode by episode. We can oh. just sort of cover the broad. Because okay. we're used to doing that on Cancel Too Soon. But you're this right. is a two season thing. So no, you're um, absolutely right. So let's so just run entire, through the first season. Yeah, the entire arc of the first
1: season, we kind of covered the broad strokes. Uh, um, they, okay, so it all ends with them getting to King Richard. There's a few more adventures in the way. They meet a group of musical monks who have taken a vow of singing as opposed to silence, who are led by Weird Al Yankovic, and yay! <laughs> it's actually really great. Hmm. Uh, but they get there, and uh, they're going to uh, save the queen, but of course the queen is completely evil, and it turns out that, uh, you know, Izzy kind of betrayed Galavant, so she didn't tell him right away, and so, oh, will they fall in love or whatever, and Galavant manages to kind of save the day, but also they're captured, and it's really bad, and they got to escape, and also uh, the queen is going to kill the king, because she is uh, reunited with, his older brother who isn't it Rucker Howard
0: it was Rucker Howard. the Rucker older brother. Hauer, the yeah. late
1: great Rucker Howard showed up on this as Richard's uh, older brother and uh so Richard is betrayed he has to escape with Galivant, but they're not able to take Izzy with them. she ends mm-hmm. up escaping to another kingdom uh where she has kind of been betrothed to the king but the king's like twelve he's eleven. <laughs> he's yeah. eleven. Uh, so that's going to be super-duper awkward. And Vinnie Jones, who is actually King Richard's best friend and has been since childhood. And, and is his muscle the one and, who's sort of yeah. enforcing his will most of the time. And he's this really tough, generally T- takes, kind of evil guy. But, takes
0: great pleasure in hurting other people.
1: Right, but he's a good friend. He's loyal. Like he He's not without positive qualities. He ends up killing Rucker Hauer, and he ends up sharing the qu- the throne with the queen. Now, this was not like a grand... Like David Mametian scheme where they were working together this whole time. It just sort of happened that way. <laughs> and I actually kind of like how he sits on the throne with the queen and it's all like, haha, everything's going to be a thing now. And Galavant is off, you know, roaming the high seas with King Richard and they both hate each other. And they're trying to like find an army to come back and save the day. And Isabella's off with this evil 11 year old who's got mm-hmm. her locked up. And that's the the big cliffhanger ending. And I really like that one of the first things that happens in season two hmm. is Vinnie Jones says, um, "So I didn't marry you. Am I king? Because this, <laughs> am I?" And she's like, "No, I'm queen." Well, what am I? I don't know. You sit next to me. What do you want? You're doing fine. Hmm. And he's like, so they. I like that. There's actually like this sort of point of order that they need to stop and do. But the best thing, of course, is that the second season begins with a song about it being the second season.
0: And they start to recap things that happened in the first season and they're interrupted. Yeah, they're doing the
1: gallivant theme. We're we're too miserable. Can
0: we not have
1: the recap just yet? Yeah, we're doing the gallivant theme. Mm -hmm. We're sick and tired of the gallivant theme. Can we do something new for a new season? And indeed... Uh, the second uh, season premiere, the title is A New Season, a.k.a. Suck It, Cancellation Bear, <laughs> which makes sense in context of the show. Mm. Um, but uh, in this episode, uh, Galavant and King Richard. King Richard is just this wh- he's basically Midnight Run, but in the Middle Ages, and King Richard is Charles Grodin, mm. and Galavant is Robert De Niro. That's a good pitch actually. Yeah.
0: And but now he has a new quest because uh, at the end of the first season, not only did he realize that he didn't want to marry Madalena anymore, he had to tell her to that to her mm-hmm. face, but that he he realized in this big sweeping moment and had a kind of mediocre kiss uh, and they sing about how mediocre it
1: was. Yeah, his first kiss with uh, Izzy was with Isabella. not good.
0: <laughs> and but now now he has to that his new quest for season 2 is to essentially rescue his new princess. Yeah. Uh, but she has, thanks to uh, the technology at the time, they have a magical communication crystal, but the call drops out. And it sounds like <laughs> instead of <laughs> saying, I love you and I'm coming for you, it sounds like he's saying you're a big fart. No, 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 no.
1: You should die in a fart. You should
0: die in a fart.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's like, she's trying to say, like, I'd rather die than be a part. And it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's yeah. hilarious. Um, the first step, uh, this... so, so she thinks that she's
0: been rejected and she mm-hmm. doesn't know what to do. Uh, In in, being a prisoner and he is meanwhile trying to find his way back to her and they have no way of communicating
1: and also become pretty good friends with Richard. Yeah, it's weird. This actually that's actually in the second episode. And I want to I bring up the episodes because the second season, they really start piling on the special guests. We had yeah. a couple of special guests in season one. Mm. We had Hugh Bonneville as the Pirate King. He shows up again in season two. Uh, Hugh Bonneville, you might know, as the dad from Paddington movies. Um, and then, um, as we mentioned, we had Weird Al Yankovic. And, and Rucker Hauer. And Rucker Hauer. Uh, the second season, we have a ton Mm. Uh, so first episode, they go into an enchanted forest and they find an enchanted gay bar run by Kylie Minogue. <laughs> because of course, which is great. Mm. Uh, the second episode, that's the one where well, they well, have, I, the, I,
0: I think the lead is married to Kylie Minogue. So that kind of makes sense. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, that's no. funny.
1: Um, and then uh, the next episode, uh, the the wizard who gives them the magic cell phone technology uh, is played by the great Simon Callow, one of the great mm-hmm. uh, theater actors of all time. That's a really, really fun well, one. They, um,
0: uh, I don't think they were married, but he was dating Kylie Minogue at the time.
1: Okay, fine. Fair enough. Uh, there's another episode in this where um, they end up, King Richard and Galavant uh, have a have a fight, they argue, and they end up teaming up with opposite sides of a generation-long feud. Mm-hmm. Between the giants and the dwarves. <laughs> Here's the thing. They're the same size. They're all five foot ten. Exactly five foot ten. ten. But they call themselves that and they say like really hateful things about each other. Those tall bastards. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Um, and uh, uh,
0: Was it the Phantom Tollbooth where... Um... Uh, they visited a house, and it was just a perfectly ordinary looking guy, uh, and his call of, claim to fame was, I'm the world's shortest giant. And then they went around to another uh, door in the same building, and the same guy opened up and says, no, I'm actually the world's tallest dwarf. I don't recall that. I think that. that was in the Phantom Toll Booth. I don't recall.
1: Was it in the book? I don't remember in, in the, the movie. Book. It was in the book. Okay, yeah. it might have been in the book. I don't remember right. the book as well. I saw the movie a bunch of times. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Eddie Marsan shows up uh, in this episode as uh, Death. At one point, <laughs> Gallivant dies. He's accidentally shot.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he's. So he's stabbed. He's stabbed. He's. Uh, um by Richard, his, isn't he? No, his, his page trips and throws a sword oh, that right. impales him. Yeah,
1: Sid is actually the first yeah. half of the season. He's like stuck with the with the villains and then he escapes and as soon as he sees Galavant, he, he trips. trips and him. accidentally throws a sword
0: <laughs> and it impales him. It's a
1: great cliffhanger because like, Galavant had just had this big episode oh. where he met his father and his father always hated him and it turns out that his father started like an orphanage for children and like, he was like the like, best father ever. And it was
0: like a hero's orphanage so they're all training to be Galavans essentially. Yeah. Uh,
1: so like, Galavant just feels worse than ever about everything hilarious
0: and, and then he gets killed yeah which of course they, and, uh, he gets better but uh <laughs> hey, he meets death and
1: they bring him back that's yeah, all the
0: they, they bring a there's a really funny line later on it's like so uh after we've been waylaid by um you know so you were killed recently yeah sid and who did that yeah i'm not talking to you right now <laughs> everyone's really mad about being everyone's killed. delightfully
1: petty in this show yeah. oh, and i yeah. like that a lot um and uh, they run into a few other uh, delightful folks. Uh, Izzy actually ends up being enchanted by an evil wedding planner, which is a <laughs> weird subplot. Where but this sir, wedding he's, planner, he's a wedding
0: planner, and he's also trained in the dark arts, which he calls do Yeah, it starts for dark, 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 dark art of
1: wizardry or something. Yeah, uh, yeah. which ends up being the I think literally dark, the, dark evil way. The dark, dark evil way. Mm-hmm. Uh, he. I think the only reason it's called that is so that they can have a charming, like, bibbity bobbity boo song mm. later on about well, doing and, and, evil magic.
0: And also that, so they can make a do to do joke.
1: Yes. Bless um, them for thinking ahead. Uh,
0: the, that evil wedding planner is played as uh, the, the character is named Chester Wormwood. He's played by an actor named Richard Lindsay, Lindsay, who I have seen in about a, at least a half dozen of those BBC Shakespeare productions. Yes, yeah. he's a classically trained British actor going way back to the seventies. Mm-hmm. He's great.
1: Yeah. Uh, the the oh, and uh, King Richard is on a bit of a journey here, where he's going to become more heroic. Um, and I like that they. They take their time but they telegraph it early on so that you're not sort of surprised later on when he becomes a really good guy mm. um first off there's this cute bit where he's trying to say that he isn't a virgin he's trying to like oh i've had like many experiences with women but it turns out unicorns are attracted to the pure so he's so constantly followed around by up. a unicorn and he can't mm. he can't disprove it and so when it comes time to save gallivant from death they steal a joke from weekend at bernie's 2 where where Jonathan Silverman is dying, and the only way to save him from the voodoo curse that is killing him in Weekend at Bernie's 2 is they need a blood of a virgin mm. and they need it now. And everyone's like, Well, damn, none of us are virgins. And Andrew McCarthy's just like, Yeah. Just, just take the blood. <laughs> <laughs> it's the exact yeah, same a, gag, but with really a unicorn.
0: Funny. And the unicorn makes yeah. it funny. Oh, um, I I just remembered we also shouldn't uh shouldn't forget to mention uh the wonderfully recurring roles of Vincenzo and Gwyn oh the
1: uh, uh, the, the serfs
0: the sh- the chef and yeah the maid Yes. who are uh, one of my favorite parts of the show yeah uh, they are completely downtrodden to a comical degree mm-hmm. uh, there's a bit where uh, they are hired to be chefs at like a a much nicer castle and they're actually treated well and they're so unused to being treated well that they are uncomfortable with it.
1: Yeah, they want to go back to extreme poverty because it's too weird. It's
0: like, no, no, you don't have to eat the potatoes off of the ground with filth all over them. We can actually
1: just eat potatoes now. What what a waste of a filthy potato. I'm tired of my bones not being bendy from malnourishment. (laughs) (laughs) such a weird gag. Hmm. But the other thing that King Richard... But they're so
0: deeply in love and they're so positive all the time. You don't... You kind of... You can laugh at their suffering
1: Well you need those characters In stories about the rich And the heroic mm-hmm. And the fantastical Because it reminds you that Not everyone is those things
0: Well, And, and also, useful. And also uh, This is a medieval fantasy And we have to be reminded There were serfs In medieval fantasies yeah. as
1: well The other thing that King Richard does And just to get back to it That tells you he's going to be The king later on Is at some point in an episode In the middle of an episode He just shows up with a sword And Galvan's mm-hmm. like Where'd you get a sword? And he's like Oh I just on a stump just picked it up and then they walk past the stump and they don't see this but the stump has like a plaque that says rightful
0: king of england yeah pull the sword only
1: Uh, the rightful king can rule this mm -hmm. sword and he's just like oh (laughs) i assume that will be important later and it is (laughs) um it all leads to there's going to be a huge war between uh vinnie jones and the uh evil queen who have basically fallen in love Hmm. uh, much to both of their surprise because they're both horrible people um Uh, And uh, the kingdom of the 11-year-old who had kidnapped and enchanted Izzy, uh, who has broken free of that spell and is now Mm. basically running things. Uh, And there's a cute bit where they're going into the armory to get all the weapons and all the weapons are toys. Mm. And the 11-year-old king is just like, yeah, it was stupid to make an 11-year-old king. What were you yeah. thinking? Of course, they're toys. The, I'm 11. The axe is made of chocolate. Yeah, it's, it's really funny. And it all ends in like in like a sort of a Game of Thrones fashion with like giant armies across from a plane. But it's like a sitcom budget. So the giant armies are like 20 people, mm. which is pretty good for a sitcom. <laughs> and I like at the it's, end. It's like in, in
0: Holy Grail. There's this is very reminiscent of Holy Grail, the yeah. makers of the show. I watched that and, and the Princess Bride hundreds of times. Uh, but if you recall the last battle, there's a lot of, like, low angles and close-ups of that big last final scene. Yeah. Because there were literally only 20 people in that field. They know how they had to end it. to make it look like 500.
1: And it works. They they, it's a, they did a good job. You, uh, it, it looks cheap, but they made it work. It looks cheap, but it feels like they probably had more than 20 people. You mm-hmm. get away with it. Yeah. Um, so there's a big fight. There's a huge musical numbers. There's a great bit towards the end where the cavalry shows up. And um, it's all the characters that we had met in season two, but none of the famous cameos. They literally say we couldn't afford them. <laughs> like we couldn't afford to get Kylie Minogue and Nick Frost back. So we got the people who played their henchmen. Perfect. <laughs> so it's great. Mm-hmm. And there's a big fight and uh, the king ends up becoming king and Galvan ends up with Izzy. And it feels like they're basically wrapping shit up because they know they're not going to get a third season at this well, point. And they
0: even talk about it like it was it was just dumb luck. We got a second. So we're going to set things. They even like. Acknowledged. We're going to set things up so there's a little bit of a tease and we have somewhere to go just in case, but we know this is the end.
1: And they're singing it, too, yeah. and it's great. So they, they fight all the bad guys. Queen Madelena gets, like, sucked into a hell dimension and some people are going to go find her because she soldiers all the devil to become an evil wizard. Kind of just threw that in at the last minute. Uh, Galvin and Izzy end up together, and isn't that great? And King Richard ends up uh, in love with the woman he knew as a child, mm-hmm. and uh, or she was a child too. Like it's not like she's, you know, old enough he, to be. They his knew his each mom, other, but as like children, yeah. Yeah. Um, And uh, and uh, it turns out that that little lizard that he had the whole time actually a dragon. That's the last line of the series. <laughs> yeah. Is I, I have like a dragon? dragon. <laughs> like you thought it was a lizard, didn't you? You <laughs> fools! <laughs> it's it's dragon the whole time. Um,
0: I uh, I tried watching this with my wife, and she's like, "Yeah, I hate this. this. This is just too too stupid for me." Uh, I I as somebody who was a a theater dork and B who was raised on Mel Brooks movies, this was like kind of right up my alley. Oh, same. And and like. We got up to episode five, and there's a cameo from Weird Al. It's like, stop
1: reaching into my brain. Like, this was made just for Whitney and me, which
0: is why it failed. We didn't even watch it when it was on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) And this seems really high concept. Like, this would be a cable TV show. This was on ABC. Yeah. This was a Disney thing. Is this even... I I think it's on Netflix now, so it's not on... So I imagine... It might might be on... I mean, Disney owns
1: Hulu and Disney+. Plus. imagine it'll get there eventually.
0: It'll get to one of those. But um, I imagine... I don't think this is going to be one of those big celebrated things. Oh, did you hear? Galavant is now available on Disney Plus. They're not going to advertise that.
1: But whenever it is, or if you have Netflix right now, see this delightful show. It's, it's really good. It's good. Laugh out loud, funny, mm. consistently. The characters are charming and distinct. The musical numbers are. I, I actually watched it. Like I watched. I got was a little ahead on this one. I finished it a couple of weeks ago, and mm. you, you know, shit happens. T- you took a little longer, so like some of the musical numbers aren't as clear in my head, but. I was humming them, like, the day after I saw an episode. No, like, hmm. they're fun musical numbers. And the main Gallivant theme, uh, which didn't win an Emmy, and there's a song about that, uh, <laughs> is, uh, uh, is, it's a it's real earworm. Like, it'll really get stuck on you. Mm. Um, so, yes, Gallivant you know, this isn't officially a canceled too soon episode, but I'm calling it. Gallivant
0: was canceled too soon. It was it was canceled too soon. Way uh, too soon. But at the same time, it's kind of nice that we got two seasons out of I'm it. And we got a lot of really amazing it's songs like, what, 18 out of it. Episodes overall. Overall, like short eight, seasons. Eight, but eighteen episodes of this is uh, you know that's a good run. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to begrudge the fact that it was canceled. Especially after it got renewed once already. Do you feel like there's an Uh,
1: extra life for Gallivant? Like they could do like a movie or a Broadway play or something? Because Dan Fogelman's still like a big personality in the industry.
0: Sadly, I don't think it has quite enough clout to be transformed into like an A Broadway musical, which is the logical place it should go. Yeah. I see maybe some... The problem is, it the only way this could live on stage is if you did like an off-Broadway production of like fans who are writing new songs. Mm -hmm. But
1: then you're not going to have then you're not going to have Dan Fogelman
0: and Alan Menken, and they were already kind of knocking it out of the park.
1: Uh, I think you just need Dan Fogelman to just like put his Emmys like down on a table, like slam them down on a table, and says, "Gallivant is a Broadway musical now," and ABC's just like, "Are you paying for it?" And Dan Fogelman's like, "Yes." I guess it's a musical now. Knock yourself out. <laughs> I think it's the only way it's going to happen is yeah. if he like flexes his muscles and says, I want to do a Broadway musical, please. And the, the agency's yeah. like, fine. Uh, but, but I hope be, he does. That would be cool. I want to see that. But here's my question, though. Is there room on Broadway for
0: Galavant the musical in a world that's already seen Spamalot? Because Spamalot kind of hit this note already.
1: Spamalot is broad farce from like top down. I'm not Mm. saying that this isn't a farce, but Spamalot is just nonstop. You can't even take it seriously. It's not intended to be taken seriously. There aren't like real subplots. In Gallivant, yeah, it's very, very silly. But I cared about these characters, and I cared Mm. about what happened to them, and I wanted their Mm. adventures to go well, or at least amusingly. So I actually think it's a different thing. we've We've also already had a Shrek musical. That's a different entity. That's way. That's for kids. It's, it's, it's definitely more in the PG thirteen arena. Uh, I, su- I suppose so. Look, but... we have a lot of musicals about people falling in love. Mm. Okay, we have a lot of like we we're, we constantly like trot out new versions of the old musicals. Anyway, <laughs> hey, Into the Woods is back on Broadway. Mm. Seen it. What's the point? <laughs> this one could be good too. Well, this so, could be a new staging. This could it's, be interesting. It, you no, know, it's a revival. But yeah, yeah so I, why not? I, I don't know. I think this is. If you here's what you do. You don't. You don't like just take the show and put it on stage. You do a musical of Gallivant, and you make it about being a musical of Gallivant. So uh, like you just yeah you have like to, Dan
0: Fulgham is a character in it, and yeah yeah.
1: Well, I don't. We don't even see him like at his typewriter or whatever, right in the script. But, mm. like, you talk about what mm. happens when a TV show... I go
0: to studios. I pitch a show that is called Galavant. Think about... Yeah. Listen,
1: there's some big movies that become Broadway musicals. Stuff like Legally Blonde or Mean Girls. Mm. But there are also small movies that become huge. Like The Beast Visit. Or, uh, uh, or Waitress mm. or Kinky Boots. These were not hit movies they were just but they good were, movies but they were hit musicals the, yeah they were good movies and then you made him into a musical and it worked so i think you could do that for gallivant and that would be something i'd like to see okay so if dan fogelman's listening and i know you are he's a big fan i hope <laughs> pitch was awesome sir
0: we liked pitch and we liked gallivant
1: so keep on keeping on life's a garden dig it and uh, i'd like to give a special thank you to brett dupree for recommending this i Galvan was on my radar, but you know, sometimes you mm. just miss something when it's being talked about, and you don't uh, know when uh, you're going to get back to it. I wouldn't uh, have watched this if it wasn't for this yeah. show, so a, thank you. For a,
0: that. a close friend of mine kept recommending it, and uh, I, she is also like a big python head. She's also like a Renfair enthusiast. Mm-hmm. This is like also right, you know, a theater nerd. This is right up her alley as well. And I wasn't. I don't know why I didn't take a recommendation. Uh, just I never had the time. It was one of those things that though, this like it's an amusing show and I take your recommendation seriously, but I'm glad I finally got around to it.
1: Yeah. So uh, thank you again to Brett Dupree for, uh, funding this episode for your contributions to keeping this show going if you want to contribute to the show you can get tons of exclusive episodes of uh, stuff about star trek and firefly and academy award nominated movies and movies that should be on disney plus but aren't Um, we have all of that at patreon.com critic acclaim and at our uh, top tier you can even fund an episode of your Critically Acclaimed. We're trying to get to them as quickly as we can, but mm-hmm. as you can tell, we make a lot of podcasts, so mm-hmm. we're doing the best we can. We're going to keep chugging along. We do have quite a few in the pipeline, and we're very excited about all of them. Thank you, everybody, one and all. Don't forget to check out Gallivan; It should still be on Netflix. It's absolutely worth your time. And if you want to talk about uh, this episode, you can write us letters at criticallyacclaimed.net. You can follow us on Twitter, at CriticAcclaim. I'm at William Bibiani. I'm at Whitney Seibold. And, uh... That was Galavant. Hold well on, hold well on.